Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Once again, we're going to be in a familiar part of Scripture, but I believe we're going to see some things that are going to impact our lives and make us stronger for coming this morning. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13, beginning with the 17th verse. As you do that, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for opening up eyes this morning. Father, I'm going to say a lot of things, but show each person, cause them to hear what they need to hear and enlarge upon it and and, and make it go deep into their hearts. Change their lives because you took hold of a word spoken, Holy Spirit, because you did a work in a life today. And we give you all the honor and all the glory for it. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Exodus 13, beginning with the 17th verse. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of of the land of the Philistines, although that was the closest route or, or the nearest route. God was not in a rush, and he would not lead his children into a conflict that they were not yet ready for. If God has led you into a battle, it's because you're ready for that battle. So whatever you're fighting, you must be ready for it or you wouldn't be facing it because God would not lead them into a situation that they were not ready for, and uh, he's the same with us today. For God said this, lest the people change their minds when they see war, and war is a brutal thing, and return back to slavery, return back to Egypt. Sometimes God takes us the long way, or it takes God long to do some things, not because he's weak, but sometimes it's because we're weak. You hear me? Sometimes we think God is being slow, but what he's really doing is trying to protect you and I. So in in his way of protecting them was actually not leading them in a straight line, but kind of moving them in a roundabout way. So if you're on a roundabout journey, it may be God's protective power at work in your life. Don't get mad about it. Don't get frustrated about it. He loves you, and he's working out his ultimate plan. But God led the people around the way by the wilderness toward the sea. So instead of moving in the logical direction, which would have been uh, uh, northwest, they went southeast. East. Has ever, God ever led you in a direction that didn't make any sense? Anybody in this room other than me? Yeah. Often God does things that makes absolutely no sense. Given and what shall be given. Does that make sense? It's ridiculous. The Bible said, turn the other cheek. What are you going to do, get me beat up? No, no, no. What he's trying to do is, is impact the heart of, of your persecutor and oppressor. And lots of scriptures do not make sense on the, on the surface. And God often leads us in a way that our natural mind doesn't always get immediately. And we have to have some experience with God to, to really understand uh, what he's trying to accomplish. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt. How? Now, God just said they weren't ready for war, Right? But they left equipped for what? Battle. God knew they weren't ready for battle, but they didn't know that they weren't ready for battle. And a lot of things we think we're ready for. And we, you know, play dress up and we, we, we think we could do it because, you know, we saw somebody else do it, etc. But the reality is God knows what we're ready for. And in the fullness of time, he'll lead us into that place we, we ultimately want for ourselves and he wants for us. But first, before they can win their battles... Before they could face war, they had to learn to worship. 
They had to meet God at a mountain. Are you hearing me? Worship is not just something we do before we get to the Word. Worship is not, not just a small part of our service or our lives. They could not win any battle until God first met them at the, the mountain, gave them their ordinances, taught them how to worship, showed them His way so that they could please Him. And only after they learned those things were they ready to, to take up arms and, and, and shield and, and, and sword. 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. So Joseph was uh, uh, one of his uh, predecessors. He was one of the forefathers. But I want you to notice, Moses was God's man of the hour, but he still honored the men of the past. He still honored his fathers. A lot of folks are wondering, why did we have a, a hat Sunday uh, last Mother's Day? Because what we wanted to do is, you see, what we do is sometimes we could become anti-tradition. I just don't let, the Bible said, you know, there's only one thing that gets in the way of God's Word. What is it? Tradition. There's only one thing that, that, that Jesus, there's lots of things that get in the way of the, actually, they're not a lot of things. According to Jesus, there's only one thing that could get in the way of God's Word, and it was the tradition of the scribes and the Pharisees. So you can't let your tradition get in the way of the Word, but traditions aren't all bad. And I just felt it necessary for this young, hip, you know, uh, moving, growing church to kind of honor the generations that went before us. Do you hear what I'm saying? Remember back when, when, amen, when mothers used to wear hats and, and on Father's Day, the men are going to wear their brims as, as well. You see, today we have, you know, million-dollar sound systems. I mean, we have lights and we have all this stuff going on, beautiful buildings, but we must not forget when we only had tambourines. We must not forget when we could only stomp our foot. So we need to also honor, you know, the things of the past. We, we sing wonderful choruses, but, but Ephraim sometimes mixes them up with the old hymns, you know. And, and we got to remember what, what brought us here and got us this far. We, we need to respect our fathers, do the new thing God's called us to do, but honor those who, who got us this far. Does that make sense, everybody in the room? And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Now, pay attention here. God led them. Now, he, he's, he's leading them out of Egypt. He led them right up to the edge, and he stopped. But what, what we're about to find here is that before God would introduce them or allow them to step into the next phase of their journey with him, he had to give them a fresh revelation of himself. And sometimes God stops you just to deepen you. And unless you get that new revelation at that place of the stop, you will not be able to, 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 to do the, or, or partake or, or move in the rest of the journey properly. Watch what he does here. He said, and at this point, not before this point, only at this point, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of what? Cloud. So suddenly God manifests in a new and fresh way. He does something that has never been done before in the life of the Israelites. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we think we got it down, but God's mercies are new every morning. And he has a, a fresh revelation of himself, a fresh work to do in our lives. God was not content, and his first priorities was not just to give the children of Israel rules. 
He wanted to give them a new revelation of himself, and they, he wanted to, his presence to, to be with him. Does that make sense? So, so here, God didn't just, again, give them rules, but something that could be seen, something that could be felt. And he gave it to lead them along the way. And by night in a pillow of fire to give them light, that they might travel by what? By day and by what? Night. What did God do here? He removed their natural limitations, the limitations of night and day. And he gave them the ability to do twice as much as what natural people or travel twice as far as natural people could do without God. So it was a miracle of, of, of revelation and insight, but this revelation and insight allowed them to move further and, and get there faster than people without this revelation and, and insight. Does that make sense? So God removed their limitations. And sometimes, again, it was what was okay in the first you know, stage of the race was okay, and God blessed it. But for this next phase, sometimes there has to be a shift. There has to be a change. And, and, and without this change, you're not going to make it on the rest of your journey. If you don't move with this cloud, you got in trouble. You, you were in deep doo-doo. I don't know how to say that better. That wasn't in my notes. But you're in trouble. <laughs> if you don't learn how to follow God, sometimes in fresh and new ways. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. So God put something fresh out in front of them. And by the way, what's out in front of you? Where does your daily vision and direction come from? Prayer for me is not just a duty. You know, it's like breathing for me. Without it, I'm dead. I need it because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know where I'm going. You know, I could read some books and people might think I'm smart, but you don't know like God knows. You hear what I'm saying? And if I don't hear from him, I'm in trouble. So by day and by night, they had to follow this cloud. And that's why you want to be found on your knees and have that fresh, vibrant relationship with God where you're not living off something God said three weeks ago. You hear what I'm saying? You're hearing something fresh for the day, and you get new direction, new insight, etc. 14.1. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back, pay attention here, and encamp in front of pi Hahiroth between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal Zephon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. Now, since we're not from this area, you know, we, we don't live here, this doesn't really say much to us. But if you look at the geography and you understand the direction that the children of Israel have been marching, you'd understand that if they would just march forward just a little bit in the direction they were going, they could have been completely out of harm's way. But instead, God orders them to do something absolutely stupid. He orders them to begin to march toward the sea. And I'm sure everyone's looking at, at Moses like, Moses, have you lost your mind? We were making progress, and God has used you in the past. But I think I need a new leader because this makes no sense. In a moment, we're going to be hemmed in with the, 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 the army of Israel, the, the Egyptian army behind us, and, and there's no way forward except for us to suddenly learn how to swim. There's no naval ships. We have no fleet. Moses, what are you doing? And God will intentionally lead you into moments that make no natural sense so you can discover God's glory in a fresh and a new way. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching 
at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching. He says, for Pharaoh will say, the people of Israel, they're wandering in the land, and they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing, and the wilderness has what? Shut them in. I found in my life, not certain about yours, but in my life, when I feel the most vulnerable, when I uh, feel the most confused, God is typically at the height of his genius. When I can't figure it out, and I'm like, Lord, how did, why'd you back me into this corner? God, I thought you loved me. You know, why, why am I in this situation? This is where God is really doing the work, typically, in my life. And then God explains. He says, Moses, I'm going to make matters worse before they get better. I will harden. He didn't say somebody. He said, I'm going to do this. Pharaoh's done enough sin, and I'm, I'm going to finally let the things that I've been keeping off Pharaoh go on to Pharaoh because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big enough landing pad for great demons to enter Pharaoh's heart and life, and, and this man's about to become demonically uh, possessed, really. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, the children of Israel. And then God says, and I will get glory over Pharaoh in all his hosts. You see, your enemy is not a surprise to God. In fact, your enemy is a part of his plan. The bigger, the badder, and the uglier your enemy, the more glory God will get. So sometimes God is, in his wisdom, man, he lets things get far worse before they get better. Because when it's over, people are going to look at you and say, there's no way you could have done that on your own. There's no way you could have done that yourself. And then it says, and the Egyptians shall know. I'm going to do something so big. It's not only going to impact the believers. It's going to impact the watching world. The Egyptians will know that I am what? The Lord. Again, I'm going to give you an a, a obstacle, a situation so big that when you get past it, even the, 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 the I'm, I'm forgetting the, the broadcasters, the, the Jennings of the world, he's retired, right? I guess I'm not watching enough news, but uh, the Fox News, the CNN, and, and the MSNBCs of the world, they are going to come in and look at what God has done because it's just too phenomenal. They, they never heard or seen it. That is going to capture the interest of the watching world because I'm going to put you in such an awful situation situation that only God can get you out of. You say, why is God that way? And that's the God of the Old Testament. No, it's not. Remember when Lazarus died? What did Jesus say? I'm glad I wasn't there. Because now you can see the glory of God. And he went and, go, and, went and raised the boy. And, and he said, listen, what did he say? I am glad that I wasn't there. Now you can see my glory. And sometimes the things in our lives where we're so upset about weeping over, God's like, I'm glad I didn't fix it yet. Because now it's gotten big enough that when I do fix it, you won't think you came up with the idea. You won't think that it was some relationship you had on earth. It, it was your own set. I'm going to do something that there'll be no illusions about who got it done. Skip to 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, just as the Lord predicted, 
You know, they thought they were ready, dressed up for battle, but they weren't ready for, for, for battle. You know, it's like us getting all dressed up to play cops and robbers, you know, like little kids. But then the real robber comes up, and you hear what I'm saying? And, and we wet our little pants. And this is the situation of the, the Israelites. They thought they were, you know, we can handle it. We can do this. God just, you know, ten plagues, and, and man, I saw some miracles. I'm ready. You're not. So God said, listen, I know what you can do, what you can't do. I'm not going to lead you that way because it's just not time yet. But watch what they do. Now, they cried out to God, but watch what they do with Moses. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us out of the way to die in the wilderness? Moses, there are no cemeteries large enough where we came from. They cried out to God, but they criticized their Moses. How many of y'all still want to be a pastor? <clears throat> Moses, what have you done to us? You manipulate me. You beguile me. Moses, what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Basically, Moses, you stink. And, and, and I have, listen, I've been pastor for a long time. I have watched some good people turn as fast as a wheel. You hear what I'm saying? One day loving on me. The next day, you hear what I'm saying? This is part of leadership. He says, is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Pastor, we told you that this would not work. But no, you said you heard from God. No, you said, well, God spoke to you in a bush. How many of y'all still want to be a pastor? <laughs> for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It'd been better for me to go back into the world. A lot of saints, you know, they say they love God, but you can't love God and hate the church. I had a better back in the world. I can't stand these church people. I don't want to be in it. You can't say you love God and not love his people. Here's the deal. God, Jesus came to save the whole world. The whole world. Everybody in it. Everybody say Everybody. Everybody. But who did God get? He didn't get everybody. The only thing God got was the church. Did you catch that? And for you to look down on despise, the only thing that Christ has, has effectively uh, redeemed says something about your relationship with your Creator. Because if you loved Him, you'd love who He loved. You'd rejoice about what he's rejoicing about. And Moses said to the people three things. And today, this is all we're going to focus on, and we're going to pretty much quit it. Moses said to the people three things. If you're going to experience the miraculous deliverance of God, if you're going to experience the power of God in your life, if your Red Sea is going to part, you need to position yourself by doing the three things that Moses instructs the children of Israel to do here. Number one, he tells them to what? Fear not. We have to man up. We have to woman up. We have to deal with our fears if we're going to move into this next stage in this next place of deliverance and victory. You are not the first person in the world with worries and problems. God has had millions and millions of children before you with issues sometimes greater than yours. Here's something you need to learn. Fear is not a lack of belief. It is not. 
It is absolutely not. Instead, it's a belief in the wrong thing. Fear is a belief that the snake's going to bite you. Fear is the belief that you're going to come in and not come out. Fear is a belief. It's just a misguided belief. So all we got to do to address our fears is switch our beliefs. Did that make sense? Well, number one was what? Fear not. Number two, stand what? Firm. If you're going to step into the miraculous, you're going to have to become firm in what you believe. You're going to have to uh, not back up. You're going to have to not retreat. You're going to have to learn how to be firm. Now, listen. If you listen to all the teaching and preaching here for the last couple years, we've kind of majored on these two points, and, and, and it's been a good thing, and it's, it's positioned us. We've, we've learned not to be afraid. We've learned to believe the right things. We've learned to become firm in our faith. We've learned not to back up. we learned not to retreat. We, we, we have a, 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 a spirit that goes after the things of God. But if you're like me, you've captured one and two. But sometimes my challenge is with this point three. And this is the point that actually for about a month now we've been talking about indirectly. He says this, number three. Well, as a matter of fact, fear not, stand firm, but number three. And see the salvation of the Lord. What is he saying? Because you, you just missed what you read. The ESV has said something that the translations haven't said. What he just said is you can have it only if you see it. He said, you have to do three things to step into my purpose. You have to do three things for me to release my power in the way I want to that's going to upset the nations and people are going to talk about it for years. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Fear not, stand firm, but thirdly, and see the salvation of the Lord, what she what? Will. Now, will here was future or spoke of the future, but see was what? Present. What you see in your present will determine your future. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.